Anybody in here ever wronged somebody you care about? Done something that you were left with all kinds of sorrow for and pain for? Anybody ever confessed what you've done and had the other person say, I will never forgive you? How does that feel? It's like a knife in the gut. It's crushing the weight of those words. But what about the opposite? When you've done something wrong and you feel filled with guilt and you're filled with shame and regret and somebody says to you, I forgive you. Have you ever felt the freedom that comes from those words? I forgive you. Or when you feel like you have wronged somebody and are no longer lovable and they look at you and say, I love you. Have you ever felt the joy that can come in those three simple words? God's Word has a way to completely transform us. That anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And then you and I, in turn, get to be the ones who are sent to share the good news. To speak forgiveness to those who need to hear it. To speak love to those who feel unloved. Hope to those who feel hopeless. Life to those who feel dead. We get to go and be the ones who are sent to bring good news to those who need it most. Hi, this is Chris from The Point, a church where you can come as you are and you can text in your questions. You may not be sure what you believe about God, Jesus, faith, or the Bible, and that's okay because faith is not about having it all figured out and God is not waiting for you to put your life together before he'll connect with you. If you'd like to find out more about The Point, you can visit our website at thepointknox.com or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at The Point Knox. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m., we pray this message has an impact in your life, or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are. Good morning. To those of you joining us on live stream, like my wife, hello. I'm glad you guys can join us there. Uh, I hope, I forgot to pray for Ezra, my own son. I hope he feels better by the time today's over. And uh, for all the rest of you, I hope God is blessing you greatly as well. Last week we began a series about the Word of God. We heard in that psalm that it is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, that His Word leads us and guides us in all that we do. And last week we talked about the physical written Word that most of us have in front of us. And generally it's true that when we think of the Word of God, what comes to mind is this book and the ink on these pages. And this is our image of the Word of God. But this word that leads us and guides us is significantly more than just ink on a page. See, words have a certain power about them. They can create all kinds of emotion and all kinds of positive and negative reactions. They can stick in our minds even when we don't want them to. They can even cause us to do things that we otherwise might not do. Take, for example, if I were to say, it's fun to stay at the, how would you finish that sentence? Would it be the YMC? I see a couple of you silently or quietly doing this. 
I don't want anybody to see. But in the right setting, those words, you might begin to break out and dance and look like a fool, and everybody would think it's great. Or if I said, you know, good old Rocky Top, what comes to mind? Are you filled with joy and excitement or not? Or what if I said roll tide? Would you get up and leave? But even simple words, less meaningful words, if I said something like, Milts in your mouth and not in your hand, what comes to mind? M&M's. And if I was talking about food and I said, I'm loving it, what comes to mind? Huh. We can't love any other food. They've stolen those words. See, words have a way of changing how we think and how we feel. And popular to contrary belief, these written words are largely meaningless if they're just written words. We have countless books, libraries and libraries, volumes upon volumes of words on a page that are not as significant as these. You see, the Word of God is more than just ink on a page. It is from God, and it is something that penetrates deep into our heart. Perhaps that comes by reading, or perhaps that comes in other ways. In fact, you and I are perhaps one of the most spoiled generations in the history of the world. Did you guys know that at one point, this was not readily available to people in written form? In fact, at one point not that long ago, most people couldn't even read even if they had a book in front of them. So what good did the book do? See, this idea that the Word of God is written and predominantly written, and it's through the written Word that we discover God, this is a relatively new concept throughout most of history. Now, to be clear, the Gutenberg Press was invented like 600 years ago, so still not that new. But in the grand scheme of history, it's relatively new. For most of history, people did not read the Word themselves. They heard it spoken. And in the spoken word, God moved to transform hearts. In the spoken word, the things that were recited out loud, God shaped entire cultures and communities and for generations led people to walk with him and know him. But you and I, having been spoiled with the written word, let's be honest, how many of you have more than one physical Bible at home? How many of you have more than three physical Bibles at home? Five? Ten? How many of you have not looked at or touched most of those in a few months? Years, maybe? We are so spoiled with the written word that we take for granted what is right in front of us. We are so inundated with it at our fingertips. I mean, you literally can have it on your phone in hundreds of translations at any moment. In fact, I love using my phone specifically for when I'm out and about and I don't want to carry a big book around with me. There it is, readily available. But for most of history, this word was something that was much more precious Because we did not have a lot of easy access to it, in order to get the Word of God, we had to be connected to a community of people who were centered in the Word. 
We had to rely on people who could teach the Word and hopefully teach it faithfully. In fact, if you look at old church buildings, even this one to some extent, you see a lot of the windows have artwork in them. And even older buildings or more decadent buildings, they might have art painted all over the walls. And the reason for that is not because they could, but because all of the art was intended to teach the story to people who could not read themselves. Having a daughter who's in kindergarten learning to read and a son who's even younger who's not yet learning to read pictures and books, they say a thousand words. The image conveyed teaches my kids all kinds of things they otherwise, from the words themselves, would not yet know. And so throughout most of history, the church, recognizing we need to speak the word, would also decorate with the the stories they're speaking so that as you hear, this is the story of Moses or the story of Jesus healing the man or the story of the disciples, you can look and see it pictured in such a way that you go, oh, now I can remember that story well. Today we're going to begin in Romans chapter 10 to see how this spoken word changes us. I think I had put up here that we're going to start uh, sooner. Like, I think I said we're going to start at verse 5. I'm actually going to start at verse uh, 14. If you'd like to follow along, it is on what page, Anna? 1181. If you'd like to follow along in the Blue Bibles, page 1181. If you'd like to bring your own Bible or use your phone, you can do that too. I just can't give you page numbers. All right, beginning in verse 14. Sorry, I said 14. We're starting in 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now just to be clear, a little bit of Romans leading into this. Paul has spent the entirety of the book describing what God has done for his people. Describing how God rescued them and redeemed them and restored them and they wandered away. Describing how God reached out not just to his people, but to all people, which the Bible calls Gentiles, everybody who's non-Jewish. And he describes how this salvation is for everybody. He says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Regardless of your background and your history, regardless of your present, and even regardless of your future, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him of whom they have never heard? How are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Paul, as he's outlining the process of faith, he says, if we call upon God, we will be saved. Not if we call upon God and our life looks perfect. Not if we call upon God after we've come to all the right theological understandings and and decided this is definitely true. Not if we call upon God once we've fixed our mess. If we call upon Him. That's it. But how are we to call upon Him and believe in Him if we've never heard of Him? Paul, in his argument, he spells out here that in order for people to be saved, they need to hear from God. And how do they hear from God? Somebody preaches to them. Again, as a culture, we are really spoiled. If you spend about 12 seconds on Google... 
you could find more hours of sermons available for your ears to hear than I think the history of the world has ever had at one point ever. You could find anybody and their brother preaching something sometime whenever you want. And yet, though we have those who can share the Word, this good news with us, we are a culture that less and less finds the preaching of the Word important. More and more as a culture we find what's really important in the church is the music. If the music is right, then the church is great. More and more we say if the music is okay, but the community is right and they have great coffee or excellent potlucks, then the church is okay. Or, or more and more we say if the church is convenient, then it's okay. Over time, the more we have had abundant access to God's Word, both in write, written form and spoken to us and for us, the less we've come to value it. In fact, there are maybe some of you who are already wondering, when is Adam going to stop talking? I don't know. Maybe an hour from now. We'll see. That's not true. I promise. Paul, he says, how can they believe if they have not heard? And how can they hear if no one preaches. And who's to preach? Or how can they preach if no one sends them to go and preach? If they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Did you know that if you wanted to grow closer to God, hearing his word will cause you to grow closer to God? Last week I asked, how many of you have tried to read the Bible in a year and you get to Leviticus and Numbers and you really quickly are like, ah, I'm out. And you want to come back to it, but you just forget. And the year goes by and you're like, I haven't spent much time in the Word, but maybe next year I'll try it again. And we keep doing the same thing over and over again. Did you know that if you have a Bible app on your phone, most Bible apps allow you to actually play out loud the Bible instead of reading them? Now, I know when you're driving down the interstate, what you really want to listen to is so-and-so begat so-and-so who begat so-and-so, right? Like, that's the part of the Bible you get super excited for as you're driving down the road. And you're certainly not going to have any road rage when that's what you're listening to. But it is just as valuable for your faith. If you find yourself struggling to spend time reading the Word, make it a priority to listen to the Word. Because faith comes by hearing, Paul says. When we hear God's word, it has a way of seeping deep within us in the same way that a silly jingle about a cheeseburger and we can remember exactly what it's talking about every time we hear those words. Or candy, we know which candy and we can picture in our mind the candy we're thinking of. When we hear the words of the advertisement, in the same way these words can seep into us and transform us when we listen to them. But it's not at all the same. See, it doesn't matter if you know every jingle for McDonald's or Burger King or M&M's or every song that you might sing in celebration of UT or Alabama or whoever you want to celebrate. It doesn't matter if you know the YMCA or you don't. But these words have a power to give life. 
A power to draw you closer to God in such a way that in times of need, these words can remind you of His comfort, can strengthen you when your knees are weak and you don't know what to do. These words can bring you life when death is all around you. We're going to flip back. Keeping in mind this idea that faith comes by hearing, we're going to flip back to Mark chapter 1. Mark is the first of the Gospels, the proclamation of good news, an eyewitness account of what Jesus has done. And Mark being the first to have been written is also the shortest, which is a great place to start if you're not sure where to begin. And Mark, unlike Matthew and Luke, doesn't spend any time diving into the birth of Jesus. He just jumps right into the ministry of Jesus. What is Jesus here for? In Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 29. Already Jesus has begun his ministry. He started preaching and proclaiming, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the good news. He calls his disciples, come and follow me, and immediately they do. He heals a man who is demon-possessed. Right off the bat, we see from Mark, Jesus is doing some really exciting things. And then comes this story. And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, that she began to serve them. Now, picture being one of the disciples of Jesus. Not only do you see a, a man who's possessed by a demon get set free and his life get changed, now you just go home to relax at the end of the day, and your mother-in-law gets miraculously healed. I'd be pretty excited by that. I'd be all sorts of fired up. What else can you do? What else will happen next? And I think for many of us, though most of us have not seen miraculous healings and demon uh, possessions and people becoming free like that, we don't normally see that here in the West, but that's another sermon for another day. Uh, though we haven't seen that, I think for many of us, we treat church very similar. We are looking for the really exciting moments. The things where, or the times where everything seems to be going well and we can latch on to something and go, I can't wait to tell all my friends or I can't wait to go back and see what happens next. It's going to be wonderful. The disciples have this kind of attitude. See what happens in verse 32. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. Jesus, we've seen you do it before. Do it again. Like, keep doing it. We'd love to see it. It's exciting. It's fun. Don't we want to be known as the people who bring healing to those who are sick and freedom to those who are oppressed? This sounds awesome. The whole city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Jesus, he heals a whole city worth of people. Imagine being Peter or, or Andrew or James or John. Wouldn't that be exciting? We just want more, Jesus. Like, what else can you do? Imagine the fame and the popularity. Everybody will know you're the guy, the pastor, the preacher, the one we should be looking to. You're the answer. This is excellent. Imagine the excitement. 
So, the story continues. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. That is, Jesus left the crowds, left Peter and James and John and Andrew, left the place where everybody was excited about all the cool things that were happening. And he went to be by himself to pray. And Simon and those who were with him, or, and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. Imagine that. Jesus, you are really popular. Everybody likes you, Jesus. Keep doing what you're doing and things will go well for you. Surely we don't have those attitudes here until it's, God, I really love the way my church does this, but if they change that, I won't like my church anymore. Hey, I really like this church. It's exciting. I want to go to the hip and the cool and the fun place, which I promise you we are not here. We won't be. Have you seen me? I'm not the hip and cool guy. I promise. Everyone is looking for you. And how does Jesus respond? He said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also. For that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. There was for Jesus an opportunity to stay put where he was and be excited by all who come in to meet with him. To just hang out and people would come and flock. We want to be healed. We want this excitement. We want God to move in big ways. Please. But that's not what he was sent for. He wasn't sent to just sit tightly and be content and be in a comfortable bubble with his friends and the people he loved doing some really fun and exciting things. He was sent to go out and to preach. To preach to those who are hurting. To those who are confused and are lost and don't know the way. To preach to those who are unsure if God can set them free and bring them hope in their time of need. And so while he could have simply stayed, he left. He left to be sent to preach the good news to those who need it most. This, for you and me, is really good news. Because it is very tempting when we think about the Word of God to get super, super bored by it. And that's okay. Like, let's be honest, it's not all fluff and fun and games. In fact, when you read things like Isaiah, where Isaiah is like, I'm, God's coming in judgment. You're like, this is harsh, God. Are you sure? I don't really like that side of God. And when you read things in the New Testament about the life of following Jesus, and we're like, that doesn't sound fun. Can I have it my way and do what I want to do and have Jesus as well? When we read this word, it sometimes falls flat because we don't even know what are we reading. There are words and places and people that are foreign to us. We don't have to understand everything about it. In fact, we don't even have to love reading it to still connect with God. We can simply get into the habit of listening to His Word regularly. And as we hear that Word we don't get to hear it preached from Jesus, but we do get to hear it preached from those who have been sent by Him. 
We get to hear it from one another when we encourage each other with things we've read or heard. We get to hear it from one another when we gather together and it's read aloud. We get to hear it at home when we're all by ourselves in lonely, desolate places. When we choose to simply read it aloud on our own. So that it's not just our mind that's engaging, but our ears and our whole bodies. This spoken word that Jesus went out to preach to tell people this is the good news. It will set us free. It will change the way you see God fully. And so this is my encouragement. Every week this series, I'm trying to give you something you can try doing new to connect with God's Word in a different way. Last week, I encourage you, go watch this like short 20-minute uh, series of videos. Did anybody go and watch those? Not yet. They're still available online. They're always going to be there because we don't own them. Somebody else put them there. Uh, but we just shared a link. You are welcome to go and watch those videos. They're like six-minute videos to help you understand where does this written word come from and how do we read it. This week, what I want to encourage you to do is maybe if reading your Bible is really difficult or really boring, try just listening to it. See if that changes the way you think about it or the way you hear it. Try reading it yourself out loud in a bunch of different tones. Like, the thing is, all of this punctuation was added after the fact, and so maybe you could read some of this where you add pauses in places that it might otherwise feel odd and just see how that sounds. Does it resonate differently with you than if you read it as is silently in your head? There's an app that I was going to try to put a QR code up for you to find. It's a free app, but then I wasn't sure how that worked with people who don't have iPhones. So here's a simple thing. You can find it on, uh, I think, what is it, Google Play or whatever. For those of you non-iPhone weirdos. Uh, uh, or on your app store. There's an app called Pray As You Go. It's like 12-minute daily devotions that include some song and some scripture that they read aloud. And then afterwards, after reading the scripture aloud, they have some prompts for you to just stop and think about the words you just heard. And then there's a prayer, and then that's it. I find that app is a wonderful way. Pray as you go. Search for it. It's a wonderful way to hear God's word regularly. Now, let me give you a real example of how hearing his word can change things. I, in this role, have been given lots of responsibility over lots of things, and sometimes the things I have responsibility over actually make me really frustrated. Did you know that? Like, pastors sometimes don't like being pastors. And, and sometimes the things I'm frustrated over, the more I think about how do I solve this or fix this or what do I do next about this, the more I just kind of spiral into more and more frustration. Have you ever been there? where something small becomes something really big because you can't seem to stop thinking about it, and all you can think about is the negative. And so I decided earlier this week when I was in a situation like that to go for a walk. And so I went for a walk, and I turned on Pray As You Go as I was walking. And in the devotion, as I was listening to God's Word, it forced me to just stop and realize that in the whole situation I was becoming angry with, Really, the reason I was angry is I was trying to fix it myself. And it's a situation I can't fix. I'm not supposed to fix. It's not mine to fix. I just need to give it over to God and let Him do the rest. 
When we listen to God's Word regularly, either in devotions at home, whether we're speaking them aloud as we read out loud, or whether somebody else is reading it for us, God's Word seeps into our heart and begins to transform us. That we begin to hear things and recognize things we maybe didn't hear before. So this week, I want to encourage you to hear the Word of God because faith comes by hearing, either by reading this out loud or by listening to it on an app, such as Pray As You Go. Or I want to encourage you to try something that may be different for some of us. See, often we think that coming to church is all about the experience and the thrill. It's what do I get from it? What do, how do I go home feeling fed or encouraged? And I hope that every week you feel that way. But sometimes we just go through the motions, and that's okay. And I don't mean like fake it till you make it. I mean we do the right thing because it's good for us when we don't want to. Like when you're trying to lose weight and you eat the broccoli you don't want to eat, knowing that this broccoli is good for you, and you do it enough, eventually you're like, I can tolerate broccoli, perhaps. It's not so bad when it becomes habitual. One of the things we can do to grow in our faith is to commit to hearing God's Word preached week in and week out. Maybe in person, because then you also get smiles and hugs and hellos, which is a way to encourage you. But also online. There's a whole host of great resources of people who can preach far better than me, who have shared this good news in ways that is understandable and approachable and encouraging. What have you committed to this week listening to a sermon every day? If you're like, where do I start? Well, we got a whole bunch of previous sermons from the point you can always listen to online. Otherwise, you can find a whole lot of really good people out there who've studied God's Word and can share it with you in an encouraging way. The Word of God, though, it is living and active. It says that in Hebrews. This Word, whether it's written or spoken, has a power to transform us. I want to leave you with this. Anybody in here ever wronged somebody you care about? Done something that you were left with all kinds of sorrow for and pain for? Anybody ever confessed what you've done and had the other person say, I will never forgive you? How does that feel? It's like a knife in the gut. It's crushing the weight of those words. But what about the opposite? When you've done something wrong and you feel filled with guilt and you're filled with shame and regret and somebody says to you, I forgive you. Have you ever felt the freedom that comes from those words? I forgive you. Or when you feel like you have wronged somebody and are no longer lovable and they look at you and say, I love you. Have you ever felt the joy that can come in those three simple words? God's Word has a way to completely transform us. That anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And then you and I, in turn, get to be the ones who are sent to share the good news. To speak forgiveness to those who need to hear it. 
to speak love to those who feel unloved. Hope to those who feel hopeless. Life to those who feel dead. We get to go and be the ones who are sent to bring good news to those who need it most. It's my hope and my prayer that as you read God's Word, as you hear God's Word in whatever form you receive His Word, that it begins to sink into you in such a way that you are no longer who you once were, but transformed by His death and His life, that He would give everything, that He would leave the exciting, comfortable, and content instead to go after the hard and the difficult and even the sorrow and death to give you life. It is my hope that this Word would get into you and me in such a way that it begins to flow out of us. And this dark and weary world would see that there is hope in Christ through you and through me. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank You that You sent Your Son, Jesus. That He did not come and sit and wait for others to come to Him. That He did not get distracted by the exciting and the temporary, the things of healing and freedom. But God, that He knew His mission was to preach to those who were lost. This good news, for faith comes by hearing. God, may we be those who are sent to our neighbors and our coworkers, to our families and our loved ones, even to those who cut us off in traffic and cheer for the wrong football team, and even to those who treat us poorly and are our enemies. May we be the ones who bring this good news, who speak life and hope, and love, and forgiveness, that this world may be transformed at our core by who you are and what you have done. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we continue our worship, we're going to continue by collecting an offering. Uh, we don't pass around the bucket or the plate in this, uh, in this place as some people do, but if you're somebody who came prepared to give today with cash or check, that's how you prefer to give. Or if you filled out one of those physical connect cards that are in the pews in front of you or along the walls um, upstairs, uh, if, you, if you filled that out uh, with a way we can pray with you or a way we can contact you, um, or you'd like to give with cash or check, you can do so in the black boxes that are on the wall as you exit. You can place it in there. If you're somebody who prefers to give electronically, you can do so at thepointknox.com by clicking the little teal button in the bottom corner. Remember, it's not what you give or how you give. And also remember this. It doesn't matter how much you give or even if you give. God loves you not, or we don't give because or trying to get God's love. We give because He loves us. Thank you. Also, because I love to point people out and put them on the spot. Rachel's right over here up front if you have questions about connect groups. Yep, she'd love to talk to you about her group. Uh, her group's actually the one that's near the church here, this part of town. So if you live down in this part of town, maybe you'd be in her group. It's great. Uh, now, every week we invite questions, and I do my best to respond. Um, Steve, what came in today? Well, actually, we only got one text, and it is not a question. It's, a, I guess, a comment. Uh, based on what you had mentioned earlier about uh, being able to listen to the Bible. It says, Annie F. Downs has a podcast network called That Sounds Fun. 
She has created a podcast with that network where she reads the Gospels. She has recorded it to where she reads three to four chapters and you finish one book a month. It's cool and an easy way to listen to the Word and to get started. It is called Let's Read the Gospels and you can listen to it anywhere you would listen to a podcast. I think it may even be on YouTube. Wonderful. And that's it. All right. Well, that's easy. I don't have much to respond to that. I've not heard of that one, but there's another way you can listen to the Gospels regularly. Uh, if you are very visual and you like to watch, this is artistic. It's not all the Gospel. It's not all fact. There's some interpretation. But I have been a big fan of the Chosen, Chosen series. Um, there's a lot of great scripture that they quote and they include and they visualize the life of Jesus in a way that I find really helpful because I hadn't considered that perspective of Jesus or his disciples. Um, that's also something that may help you hear the word and begin thinking about the word throughout the week. Uh, however you hear the word and whatever this week may hold for you, may you go with this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Have a good week. Thank you for listening to one of our Sunday morning messages. If this message has made an impact in your life, please let us know. Simply fill out the Contact Us page on thepointknox.com. And if you'd like to be a part of supporting The Point Ministry, simply go to thepointknox.com forward slash support. Don't hesitate to contact us or join us in person every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We pray this message has an impact in your life or at least makes it easy for you to connect with God where you are.